Because this ain't about me. This ain't about Martin. This ain't about Benno. It's about the kids, y'all. This Wu-Tang is for the children, and so is the British wrestling Preach. experience. Y'all got to donate to the kids. Make sure they have a better future. And welcome to episode 79 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com. And I'm your host, Martin Bushby. And joining me, as always, is Benno. Benno, reading that out loud, 79 episodes. And even more in our older British audio wrestling days. I can't believe we've done that many. Guys, well, hundreds not that far away, I suppose. I didn't realize we were up to that many. That's pretty good going, mate. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know. I didn't realize we were up to that many until I was like writing some notes for this earlier. And I was like, wow, mm. that's a lot of shows. But um, what are we doing for episode going? 100? Big party? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a 24 hour <laughs> broadcast. Yeah, mate. <laughs> In Enfield? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going anyway, mate? Have you recovered from the 12 hour charity stream in, in ridiculously baking hot conditions? Nope. I can't, but we did that, didn't we? Yeah, since the last time we recorded. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I've, I've seen like the, uh, obviously, we've been putting the episodes up on the, the feed the last while or so. And like every episode that goes up, I'm getting memories like flooding back. I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that conversation. It's like, piecing it together like a like a big night out because that's kind of what it felt like by the end of those 12 hours where we were both out on our feet a little bit i think and just like running on fumes but to be honest it, it was it was hard going because of the weather and it was like it was yeah, unfortunately one of the hottest days of the year um where uh, yeah you know we were uh, we were stuck inside and podcasting but uh, to be honest like the guests were great and you know mm. you, you put together a great schedule for it and it was really it flew by mostly i think every kind of always knew there was going to be somebody fresh dropping in whether it was brother nate or john and way or you know all of the different uh great guests we had through the day and yeah in the end at the end of it i was thinking maybe i'm getting cocky martin but i think yeah we could have done 24 maybe next time maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe next time yeah <laughs> no obviously huge thanks to you obviously coming on that made it so much easier and it was obviously brilliant having you on there all day and obviously like and thanks for lisa brilliant. for making those sticks for you mate that was she was the uh, main assist that day <laughs> she was definitely and um but yeah obviously thanks to all the guests that came on and, and thanks to everyone that you know contributed or donated and managed to raise over 1400 pounds you know for the children's art surgery fund money will go far to helping kids going through art surgery and like benno said there if you missed it you know we've got all the individual uh, guest spots now available to listen to on the bwe feed but Someone who was on the stream at the very end of the day and who's joining us for the first time on this show. Um, he's dragged himself away from his market research and algorithms. It's the uh, it's the man behind the grapple app joining us from his massive tower in Liverpool. It's Gareth Hodgson, aka Grapple Gareth. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, good to uh, good to be speaking to you both again. I mean, well, I was going to say you both. Obviously, I speak to Benno a bit more often, but I think yeah, the be- more than he- your own kids. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> he- he- hearing both your uh, hearing both your voices there, it's just uh, it is. It's taken me back to that charity stream, and you're both definitely sounding a bit more um, a bit more lucid <laughs> than you were at, uh, at that time. I think uh, yeah, I think you're uh, both a bit bit spaced out, given that we had the uh, we had the the last shift of the day, so you'd already put in a put in a good eight, uh, eleven hours. Stint 
since, I think, before I was speaking to you. So, yeah, just uh, <laughs> congrats, Martin, and uh, congrats, Benno, on that one. But, yeah, Martin, great great job. And it was uh, it was great to listen to the audio, dip in and out of it over, over the course of the day. And, um, yeah, keep checking that that link and see you, see you hit your target early on and then absolutely blew it away as well by the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, cracking stuff, mate. Well done. Don't fall for it, Martin. He was sending me messages all day from the, from his little pool in his back garden while we were suffering <laughs> in the heat. He was he was having a great day. I I, I know I, I know your game, Gareth. <laughs> I blame the wife. Blame the wife. It was messages coming from her. It wasn't from me. You <laughs> were like you had those on, and like you were like it was like the hottest day of the year. I had like a nice little pool going. I think you were reading a book. You had a couple of beers going. I'll be honest. I was quite jealous at like two or three in the afternoon. That day. But, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you dragged dragged yourself away from it, mate, to join us later on. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was funny like, you say that with the clips that were I put on and I was editing them to send over to Way and I was like, Wow, I sound way more spaced out on the last <laughs> few hours than I actually remember being. Yeah, so it, it, that is I thought you'd forgotten to wrap it up at the end. It got to midnight. We were still going. I was like, are we, are we just gonna go another hour? Because we could I think at that point, like Gareth and yeah. Joey those gave us like an a, a, a second wind a little bit, didn't it? Like it was like, oh, you know, we could do a bit of overtime here. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think it was when um, Shauna was firing the comments and in the comments about some of the worst shows and like triggering everyone's memories about some bad shows that people had been to in Germany and things like that. And I think that's when it when it started uh, going over the time. Oh, I mean, I definitely felt felt that. I, I definitely got the feeling from Martin that when the uh, <laughs> when the clock went past and it was about three <laughs> three minutes past twelve, four minutes past twelve, I was thinking, yeah, Martin's done here. He's, he's ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even like cut you all off at one point as well. So yeah, <laughs> not my finest hour, but um, it's it's good to have you on here, Gareth, because obviously we've got loads of subjects to cover. Like, what you think about the Rugby League World Cup postponement? Oh, no. Who's going to win the grand final? what NRL stars are coming over next year you know all the, all the big topics that's why I'll see you later lads on. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I'm joking of course I'm <laughs> oh, oh, is it, sorry is, sports hour go is, it, is this not B- BRLE oh sorry am I, the, am I on the wrong show here oh, sorry. <laughs> oh go on lads I'm at it but all jokes aside, obviously, I don't want to uh, me and Gareth waffling on about rugby league for half an hour. But obviously, we're well into summer now. Benno, as your summer been? Obviously, we hung out a bit at Joe's wedding the other week, and that was a grand old time down in Oxford. But other than that, how has your, uh, how's your summer been going for? We get on to wrestling chat. Yeah, that was kind of the highlight of it, really. It feels like the summer's over. Like It feels like I don't think we're going to get any more good weather before uh, September and October comes and the heating bill's going to go back up again. But no, it's uh, it's been good to just be able to go out and stuff again. Obviously, got that uh, Repro Manchester show coming up. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing some people out as well. Um, but yeah, the, the wedding was probably the highlight of uh, of my summer, really. Yeah, free bar. You know, can't argue with that. Rev Joe uh, coming through there with the uh, with the craft beers, and yeah, it was a uh, it was a, it was a great day. Oh, good to good to see you in person after what, mate? Like two years, probably. Uh, I think that's probably uh, probably it. I don't was think you were the, at that uh, last for a, we had that last Rev Pro show last February. No, no, um, was it the Progress Snow show that I last saw you? Oh, really? That long? God. Oh no, yeah. maybe it was the um, maybe it was the the New Japan Manchester show. Remember oh, the New yeah. Japan Red Pro? Yeah, I think I, I briefly. I remember one that I'm bumping into you there, yeah. yeah. A few yeah. drinks in, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were on our better behaviour, though. If anyone's seen the photos, you know, we were all, you know, suited and booted and, uh, yeah, feeling good. Despite the free beer, which is, uh, you know, an hour in, I think I'd had like three or four free drinks. So, again, thanks, Joe, for that. Um, but, you know, we were on, uh, on better behaviour there. And speaking of weddings, obviously, huge congrats to, uh, before I forget, to waiting 
Andy's uh, Andy's new missus, you know, big congrats, Wayne. Yeah. That was some brilliant work by John Pollock putting that. I am uh, who is waiting podcast together. Really enjoyed listening to that and contributing to it. it was fantastic work by John. I mean, that, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it, Benno, but I had way doing some kind of interview with Gina Carano at the start where he's like getting all these questions off on his Blackberry and stuff. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious stuff. That was a great bit of work. It's like, I know it's a joke. But you can tell John's just put all the, the same amount of work into what he would anything else. That's why he's the best in the game, isn't it? That's why he's so good mm-hmm. at what he what he does. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Like I believe, uh, I think it was played at the wedding itself, wasn't it? I think, and uh, yeah, went down a went down a storm on Twitter too. And yeah, great to uh, to see a great man in waiting. Have a great weekend. See loads of photos coming out of it with uh, with a lot of mates, Davy and, and Braden and the lads uh, all out there looking like they're having a having a whale of a time. Um, so yeah, good to see uh, weddings happening uh, either side of the Atlantic there. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you and think they were like about... us at um, two in the morning trying to find an Uber in Oxford, or do you think that's uh, oh, yeah. not just a, an Oxford issue? <laughs> they haven't got any taxis in Oxford. What's that about? Why is there no Uber Uber situation in Oxford? What's with this? What's with this city? Oh, I've no idea. That was ridiculous, weren't it? Um, yeah, Gareth, me, um, me, Benno, Lisa, and Steph all left the wedding at the same time. Then we were like trying to use this. <laughs> was it like some Oxford taxi app trying to get taxis? So we were like, oh, let's sort of set off walking down, and then yeah. like. We sort of like broke up from each other, and me and Lisa are still working. And then, yeah, night in shining armor, uh, Benno pulled up in a taxi and he was like, Oh, jump in, mate. So, yeah, he <laughs> saved us from uh, a long walk back to uh, Oxford yeah. Town Center. <laughs> we ordered this taxi on like on via Google Maps, and then it turned up and it was a black cab. Like, I don't know what technology they've got running in Oxford, but yeah, you know, just a nice Uber situation or a Delta taxis like in Liverpool, you know, that, that's what we needed. But we got ourselves on. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, it could be a money spinner that. Yeah, there's plenty of students in Oxford, aren't they? <laughs> all wanting taxis. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it could be a yeah. It could be some. Uh, so it could be a new app for you to set up there, Gareth. Uh, make some money uh, with <laughs> taxis in <Apple>. Oxford. <laughs> I don't, well, I, don't about, I don't know about the app. I, I can just see JP turning up with his flat cap on and just uh, a sticker on the side of a car or something like that and uh, <laughs> driving people around Oxford is definitely a... No GPS needed. <laughs> <laughs> that would be when he turned full geezer as well, wouldn't yeah, he? Like yeah. a London cat, cat, taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> really. What about you anyway, Gareth? Um, how's your summer been? Um, you know, kid, been doing much stuff with the kids and things like that, taking them out on days out and things. I mean, up today is literally like the first day's holiday I've had this this summer. So we've uh, we've had a nicer day out to sunny Southport today with the kids. So went there, took them, you know, took them bowling, just went on a few arcades and all that sort of thing. So they've had a they've had a good day out with that, really. But yeah, I mean, it does. It sort of feels like this is first day of first day of the summer for me. I've got like two weeks off work now, so just. Yeah, just planning to just do a few things, just having a few days out with them, little trips back up home to Cumbria, going, you know, getting them down to London and for a couple of days and things like that. So, because we can't, you know, can't can't get away abroad this year, really. So, just trying to do some things, things like that. But it's just been chocker with, with work, really. I think the, mm. the wrestling shows that I've been to are literally the only like days out or things that I could probably say I've I've even done this summer it feels like feels like a bit of a bit of an odd one this year really with even though it's opened up kind of hasn't really been <laughs> that much uh, that much doing really to to get to get out there and, and do but it's uh yeah fingers crossed should be a good good couple of weeks anyway yeah because you normally go on like quite a few uh foreign holidays and things like that have you like been booking stuff for next year are you gonna give it a wide berth until you sort of like outside of the UK 
Yeah, I think just waiting. Like now, you know, we were quite lucky last year that we like we we went to Toronto literally just before the pandemic started. So we were mm. we were back we were back from there about like and then I think everything like locked down about a week later. So we were like dead jammy to um, squeak that one in, and then we we did the same in the summer as well. Like we'd we'd got a week away in Portugal that we literally got the week, one week window when it was <laughs> like you were allowed to go there and then it all like closed off being able to go there I think the day after we got back so we were pretty spawny really last year and getting both of those so we just said this year like you know what let's just play it safe you don't want to like mm-hmm. you don't want to be booking stuff and getting it cancelled or you don't want to be like going away somewhere and end up having to be like stuck somewhere and mm-hmm. isolating or something like that so thought yeah let's just uh let's just Take take it a bit easier. Have a few few days out in the UK and uh, save a few quid as well, which always helps. I don't know if it's just my Instagram, but everyone I know seems to be going to Edinburgh. The last like like every second post I see from someone, they're there. Everyone's like trying to like come up with ideas. Aren't they in the UK? What to do? Or like going all the way down south, or going to Dorset, or Devon, or wherever. That's kind of like the, the in thing right now. It's all you can do, isn't it? Yeah, the top end and the bottom end of the country seem to be the most popular. Now, so suddenly, like everyone's gone all outdoorsy and stuff, and they've got the sort of like best countryside, haven't they? So everyone's sort of like going camping in Scotland or like going down to sort of like you know these really nice areas in Cornwall and stuff like that. And but that's too far of a drive for me. And <laughs> I'd rather go to Cornwall, ridiculous. mate. Less chance of bumping into Gallus, you know. So there's always, uh, always that. <laughs> <laughs> indeed but um gareth you mentioned obviously going to wrestling shows uh there and we'll definitely get into them later but because um there's a f- quite a few news items and a few sort of like reviews to get into this month and um i thought first up we'd talk about you know there's quite a bit of wwe news um that sort of like falls into our uh european remit and uh the first one's uh walter versus Ilya, probably sort of like the biggest match um, that the NXT UK brand had to offer, really. And, you know, obviously last year, you know, their match was in many people's match of the year list. And we speculated that maybe that might headline a UK takeover sometime this year. And then there's quite a few announcements around it. It was going to take place on July 22nd on just a random NXT UK episode. Then it seemed the match was off because Walter had injured himself and then they made another announcement and they were like, now nah, it's going to take place in America on at the NXT TakeOver 36. And I mean, I didn't see that one coming. Obviously, we've talked ad nauseum on the show about how little NXT UK is thought of by not only fans, but seemingly management in WWE. But I mean, Benno, I was quite surprised that they pulled the one match they had to really draw in any fans in the UK and Europe and and it on um on an american takeover yeah i mean let's just um, set our stall out first we're recording this on tuesday so if nxt uk has gone under before uh, friday we apologize for being out of date um <laughs> <laughs> based on the news this week it's definitely possible um, not that we've heard anything in any way uh, either way but yeah i should say that but yeah i think it says something about because obviously the thing about nxt uk progress and icw as well is you know, RevPro, as we're going to talk about later, are getting back to doing shows with crowds. Garrett's going to go through a couple of, you know, Northwest shows he's been to with crowds. That doesn't seem to be on the horizon for the WWE branded stuff. Uh, you know, progress is still running from that where from the, what is it, whatever dome they're in. Uh, it looks like a dead warehouse, wherever it is. You know, you've mm. got, you know, ICW, their show is getting buried on the network. Apparently, they still upload them. And NXT UK is still coming from this studio with, you know, um, game show effects and no actual crowd there. So I can see it really. Like, yeah, why? Unless they did 
you know, if they had a big show coming up, say they were going to do the reimagined NXT UK takeover Dublin or however they were going to wear it, then yes. But if they've got no big show coming up, then it kind of makes sense to do it on the US takeover. Now, obviously, things are in flux over in the US now as to what's going on with NXT. But at least at the time this decision was made, I think I could see logic in it. But it does say, you know, NXT UK doesn't exactly get much talk um, in most fan circles. It is kind of, you know, just a, it, it continues to limp along and, and exist. And one of the big times, it got a lot of good publicity and a lot of good reviews. And, you know, Gareth can talk about like how highly rated the match was itself, was Walter Ilya one. And, you know, that was a legitimate match of the year contender. If it wasn't the match of the year, it was in the top one to five at the very, very least, even being harsh, I would say. So, yeah, the fact that they're doing this rematch and the fact that they're, they're doing it in the US, I think, one, it says something practically about what's going on with the UK shows right now for, for whatever reason. But two, it kind of says the match is too big for NXT UK. And, yeah, I, I think I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that. Yeah, Gareth, because it just, obviously, it seems like, you know, decisions are getting changed every five minutes in WWE. But it, it does seem like someone was like, Hang on, that was a really big match, and you're whacking it on an episode of NXT UK. Now, now we'll we'll move it to the US and have it on NXT proper because it seemed like all these decisions were happening in sort of like um, the span of a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's 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 weird. The whole you know when I when I first read about that moving, I was I was really confused about it to be honest because it did sort of draw into question this idea of well, are they even going to be coming back and running in front of live crowds or or anything? Because if you think about what money matches NXT UK have actually got? Like that's basically it, isn't it? Really? <laughs> like you know, you know. I think if we're 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 in a world now where you know we've we've talked about on on Grapple Spotlight of things that's going to like pull you to the other end of the country or make you travel to go to a show mm. these days. You know, Walter Ilya at a big NXT UK would have been um, at a live NXT UK show would have been a pull for for some people, and when you're struggling to get bums on seats. You know that's what you you need to do it. So I I just thought that it just kept that up the sleeve and just you know you could pan the story out until they did have something live and uh, and get people in the building for it. But you know clearly that's that's not on the agenda. So I don't know if that means they've got different plans for Walter, whether they've got different plans for Dragonoff, or whether they've got different plans for NXT UK as a whole, which we you know we may or may not uh, see in the in, in the next few weeks. But yeah, it just just seems a bit odd to to pluck it out and put it on there because I mean Benno alluded to the fact that you know it was one of the best matches of the uh, last year on the app you know it ranked fifth overall for all you know all matches in the in the world on the uh, on, on the grapple app so you know it was and, and it was probably the only only time in the whole year that there was a bit of buzz about NXT UK on the timeline and people were you know talking about it across social media and you know getting excited about that match as well really so yeah, it seems a bit of a uh, odd one, and especially an odd one in a world where NXT proper is, you know, <laughs> changing its scope and strategy as well. That it's getting sort of plucked and plonked onto onto one of their cards as, as they're going through this evolution. It was weird the way they did it as well, because you know they had the journalists, so I say, <laughs> at the at that NXT UK TV show doing like a press <laughs> conference with Walter and Ilya, and then they did this injury. I think angle with a Walter. Did we ever find out whether the hand injury was legit or not? I know we turned up. What was it? Silverstone wearing, wearing like a cast and stuff, and mm. that's the reason yeah, we they gave. Yeah, we didn't find out if it was real or fake. 
Mm. Yeah, because I think they worked. They definitely worked those journalists in the building. I don't know if they were worked the rest of us or not, and whether that was you know fortuitous timing, which meant they could put it off, or whether that was legitimate. Yeah, and you know maybe that could be part of the decision as well. But I don't know. It, it felt more like a work to me than than legitimate, even if you know Walter went completely out of his way to sell it. Like I say, even turning up at the Formula One in a cast. It does just feel that they've. It's like um, both of you have noted there that they've got absolutely no clear plans for it because obviously Walter wasn't on week to week was he so they could have put this match off for as long as they wanted and carried on you know dragging off doing something else like he was doing so it just feels like they're like oh well you know we'll we'll rush this match up but not have it on NXT UK we'll chuck it on NXT proper you know to um you know, keep people interested in that brand. So it does like, you know, I know we've talked about it a lot about NXT UK folding, but it just seems like there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing with certain things now. But because obviously there have been tons of releases from Goody over the past year, and it seems that, you know, not many people are safe and doesn't matter, you know, if you're a big merch seller in the middle of a program, you know, you can be cut like that. And um, NXT UK is an interesting one, you know, because obviously hardly any traction with fans and surely not many of the top management are paying attention to it. And do you think it is the BT Sport deal keeping them alive or above water, Gareth? I mean, with that, I mean, I mean, that's one of those where, you know, unless you can correct me, I don't think I've seen any details on, you know, what kind of money's involved and things with that, that particular deal. And I can't imagine it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vast amount. And then when, you know, when the NXT UK does actually register for, for ratings, um, you know, you're seeing that it's as, it's as low as, you know, things like 12,000, 13,000. And that's, that's when it's actually registering enough to, you know, yeah. get, get an actual rating come through, come through. So you're thinking like, well, the deal probably can't be that valuable as it is, and then if they're the kind of numbers that they're getting, if you're BT, you know, in the, in this environment, you're not sort of going to be running there to chuck any money at it again, really, because it's clearly not, you know, pulling, you know, pulling people to it. You know, when I see those numbers there, it, you know, it just it, it it just makes you think, you know, the the profile that it does have or the profile that it doesn't have it's, it's it's kind of understandable because you know at the at the end of the day it, it, it is pretty uh pretty low profile from that perspective and it, it, it can't be generating money there's a, there's mm-hmm. no way on earth and especially in this world where they're not you know running live shows or or, or anything else really so you know I'd, I'd suspect that it's something that's almost just a bit of a lost leader for a for a content perspective even though they're not not paying the talent um you know massive wages either yeah, I think the more I think about it, like, you know, obviously things look like the change you with NXT in the US and, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels seem to be losing a bit of power. And, you know, if you believe reports, Vince McMahon's got a, a different idea of what NXT should be. It sounds like it's going to be headed more to a, you know, a Florida Championship wrestling model than it is the, the current <laughs> super indie model that it's in. Obviously not that drastic, but I think they are going to be scaling back. And it does give you a question about NXT UK, like, you know, I, I don't even think, I think the name's got a huge amount of cachet. Like Garrett just said, the BT Sport numbers aren't great. I can't imagine the network numbers aren't gr- uh, are great. You know, I never thought I'd say this, but, you know, Progress and ICW and the like in WXW, uh, if they are still in, in the fold, uh, are right there. I could see a world where they just go, you know what? It's not worth paying this money for, for whatever mm. we're doing in Enfield. It's not worth, you know, renting out the BT sports studio we can smooth it over with btu you know as gareth alluded to i don't know if we had exact numbers on what bt are paying 
WWE, but I think we can, you know, summarize that it's definitely less than what Sky were paying. And, you know, again, I think NXT UK is, is probably not a big part of, of that agreement. I could definitely see a world where they just rely on, you know, the farmed out promotions, your, your current, you know, progress, the new class or, you know, however you want to term it, as <laughs> really where those development wrestlers go to work. Maybe Enfield becomes more of a training school and you use those feeder promotions to develop wrestlers. Because, yeah, if NXT itself isn't a super indie, NXT UK doing an, an impression of it kind of becomes less and less you know, fruitful um, and there's less and less a point to, to having it. I could, I could genuinely see yeah, that maybe be in the world sometime soon. Cause every time these releases happen, we all scratch our heads and go, hang on. Like they're releasing 205 live lads. They're releasing, you know, bottom level NXT people who've only just signed. They can't be on high wages. And I know the defense about, well, they'll never shut NXT UK down. Cause they're only, you know, Meltzer reported this week. They're all on still. There's a lot of those wrestlers still on 16 grand a year deals. And even if you don't believe that, it's probably not going to be much more than that. The defense has always been, well, there's not a, not a huge amount of money to save, but I think what we've seen with these NXT releases is there's, you know, no hiding from the Nick Khan spreadsheet. And um, so even if, if it's, you know, small amounts of money, they can save, you would absolutely think that NXT UK is is next on the chopping block. And if it's not, it's either Nick Khan doesn't know where it exists or there's some form of tax break or some other employment law or some other reason why it continues to go untouched. Because I think logically it's it's reason for existing is just becoming less and less as, uh, as time goes on. Yeah, because just a sidebar, not just only NXT UK, but I suppose talking about WWE programming, in the UK full stop, because obviously the run SmackDown highlights have moved off Channel 5 now. Um, you know, the rumor was they were doing poor ratings, but Channel 5 had poo-pooed that, and that's all moved on to Paramount. Now, Paramount Channel is, like, lost in the sky. You know, it's, it, I don't know, is it, like, Channel 40 on Sky or something? And obviously that's got an XT UK, and then these were on SmackDown highlights. And then, obviously, that inevitably brings us to the news that Peacock's going to be available in the UK soon as part of the Sky package so i mean gareth what do you see as sort of like WWE's sort of like thing there do you think they're just gonna try and beef up this um or do you think peacock are gonna beef up this package a bit more with the WWE network and maybe throw sort of like we're on smackdown on there if they haven't really got a place um on uk tv it's an odd one this one like the more you think about it i think obviously you know it's sort of fit really in in the US but then when you know they're talking about Peacock coming over here it's been something that's going on Sky and it's been something that's just free for people to access on Sky then that kind of makes you you know you're immediately questioning there okay well is you know is the WWE network going to be part of this or is it just going to be the Peacock original content or you know how how that's going to going to play out as uh, as well because then you're already thinking it okay at least in the in, in the US model you still had people who were paying to access the network via Peacock even if it was even if it was much less so it seems like you're walking away from a a little bit of revenue there doing that but then you've also got that thing of it being going you know WWE being with Sky for so many years and then flipping to BT and then if then you know depending on where things are at from a contractual situation it almost kind of comes back to Sky sort of by proxy through Peacock and things it just it it, it seems it, it it seems a bit odd and I'm not sure it's the you know right uh, platform for 
people to sort of grow their interest in in WWE and in in, in that product in the in, in the UK as well. It just I don't know. It just seems an odd 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 fit for me that mm. they you know almost like a startup platform would be uh, would uh, be going down that route. It kind of like it fits the way they think now though, because it's like in the US, you know, they they did that 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 most recent conference call where they were they did, don't give exact numbers, but they're saying that you know in the US at least views on you know the big content the pay-per-views is up on peacock and they're getting more money and that's enough for them they're happy they're not thinking about like you know what you've said there gareth about like yeah okay so how you know about making new fans or about like the fan experience like how many how many us people do we do you know who've like you know are finding ways around to still get the old network rather than use peacock like there is a there's a lot of that but if they can get guaranteed money you know that seems to be WWE's MO right now. They don't really care about the consequences of that or, or, or anything else, really. You know, guaranteed deals like that is kind of what they want. So if the, the money figure is right, and like I say, I don't think, I really don't think the BT Sport deal is a huge deal for them over here. That might be the way they go, just for, like you alluded to there, Martin, with, with absolutely everything. Um, I mean, I will say I don't, not a WWE fan by any means but you know even just for doing like the grapple podcast like me and you gareth i do find the network useful you know for the back catalog we covered terry Mm. funk at ecw this last weekend on our patreon and yeah the network was a big help for doing that and i'd be terrified of like a a networkless world and going back to you know the old days or you know having a peacock like system that doesn't sound like it is a particularly nice experience for for us fans you know we're all going to be digging our dvds out and you know (laughs) finding alternative means to to watch old network content so i think we're gonna you know it sounds like if that's happening it's going to be another loss i think for for fans overall but if wwc that guaranteed check then uh, as is proven i suppose by their the, the way they've run their businesses last few years they're probably going to do it because i know that in the press release they didn't advertise peacock here in the uk as having the WWE network on it it was more like oh you'll be able to watch every season of seinfeld and stuff like that and that doesn't I don't know if it's going to be more... Four OD is terrible. I, I made up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to subscribe to my mind to do the V stuff. I'm in. <laughs> um, but I, I suppose it doesn't seem like they might not be going all... NBC might not be going all in with the launch over here. It might be more of a soft launch. Because, I mean, I've got Sky and all the sort of like Netflix and Amazon and all that is lost away in the sort of like apps section. And they might advertise like a, a big Netflix show, but more of the stuff that, you know, when you open it up, it's more leading you sort of like sky programming and things like that. So a lot of these apps are lost in the sort of like um, menus on sky things. So unless, you know, Peacock, you know, pay them to advertise it in full, it just seems like it'll be another app that's, that's lost on sky, I think. Yeah, I think it's 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 one of those where you know I, I maybe I maybe feel like a bit more conscious of those being on the Sky thing just probably because of my my kids and them just constantly <laughs> wanting to have stuff put on there with, on Prime and Netflix and things like that with it through that like app section yeah. you know from from my own personal point of view if it, if the WWE network does go on there and it is you know it is free well great that's saving you a tenner a month kind of thing can I live with the you know as long as the content's there I, I won't be too bothered it'd be quite nice just to be able to just go go on the Sky and just uh, get it straight mm. up on the TV there instead of having to, you, you know, you know, me getting the old HDMI cable out and uh, plugging it up to a laptop to my TV <laughs> and th- things like that. It's going to be a much easier, uh, you know, user experience from that. But yeah, if, if it if it means that suddenly, yeah, I'm sifting through, you know, trying to find, 
you know, season five of Super Brawl <laughs> or something like that to, you know, watch a, watch a particular match that I want to watch oh, or something like terrible. that, then, then I'm not going to be, be having that. I, I think it's just these VPNs, they're just going to go around the world, aren't they? You know, if, if, mm. if that comes in in the, in the UK and you've still got, you know, the network as it, as it is currently in Australia or something like that, you're just suddenly going to have then this mass people suddenly VPN and via Australia and things like that. It's going to be this like chase around the world to be the last place that you can actually uh, access the network in its proper form before it's uh, peacocked off everywhere. Oh, the one guy who saved all these DVDs is going to be making a fortune doing copies for everyone. It's going to, it's going to be that with VPNs, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but I suppose this, you know, just a sidebar again, you know, this can lead us on to sort of like AEW's presence over here because clearly mm. ITV have got very little investment in them, haven't they? You know, Dynamite, you know, does all right on ITV four on Fridays. Does it do around sort of like 90,000 on there? And obviously mm. ITV box office went up in flames, didn't it? That wasn't a success at all. I mean, they had one AEW pay-per-view on there. They did about fifteen to 20,000 buys, but that box office channel wasn't going anywhere. I think even the boxing cards they had on there with Eubank Jr. did about um, 80,000 and compare that Sky who'd get about 200,000 for even a small boxing show. It showed that, you know, box office didn't have the legs to begin with. So I think there is little to no chance that Rampage is going to end up on ITV. So, I mean, when that contract does come up, you know, it's doubtful that ITV are going to renew it. I mean, Benno, was sort of like in terms of AEW over here, do you think they feel like they need a TV presence in the UK if they're going to be like doing more shows over here? You know, obviously, you know, Cody's talked quite a bit about, you know, wanting to sort of like have a presence in the UK and things like that. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, I think the ITV deal is like, do we, do we, AEW people can technically say it's good without it practically being good. Because Cody can go on interviews and be like, or press conferences and be like, we've got more clearance in the UK than WWE. We're on ITV and they can quote the numbers <laughs> all he wants. But, you know, practically when's it on? You know, I don't even think all of us know when it's on. It's all these weird hours they throw it on. It's not particularly timely and it can be behind the pay-per-view. And, you know, like I say, things like this happen where the whole world is excited about aw rampage launching you know me and gareth especially excited about uh, week two of rampage with cm punk debut and that's a massive deal but if you're you know one of the people who follows aw through tv in this country and through itv you're, you're not going to see that stuff because you know it's just content that itv shovel you know into the it's almost like they feel obliged to include it without properly promoting it and without properly giving it the attention or or love it deserves but i think AW can continue to live in denial and just look at the pure numbers and again compare it to you know without context you compare those numbers to what WWE are doing on BT Sport on a on a paid package and it it looks amazing doesn't it so they kind of like they almost like they, they take that PR win without maybe thinking through the practical implications of you know the fact that it's going to be on fight you know made up about that you know um, that that's great um, great for you know you know people with those subscriptions it's going to be you know the same price as it already is for dynamite and hardcore fans like us are going to be served and we're going to have a, a way to watch rampage but it's not really a way to make new fans is it um you know it's you have to know about AEW already and be and be following it closely to even know that you know rampage is, is available on fight you have to be one of the the hardcores um and yeah i mean i again i'm someone who cut the cord a long time ago so i don't know if you guys can come up with 
you know, potential better suitors for, for AEW than ITV, because I certainly can't really think of anyone. But I would just, you know, if I was AEW, I'd be wanting that ITV relationship to continue, but, you know, in in more of a real way and more of a way that benefits them and a more of a an attentive, you know, give and take relationship rather than, like I say, them just getting a win on a technicality. Um, yeah, I can see. I don't know. It depends, like, if Viacom sort of, like, who own Channel 5 sort of, like, just get bored of having WWE on there. I suppose, like, AEW could jump in and maybe sort of, like, make some deal with Channel 5. Um, or, mm. I don't know. Do you, Gareth, do you think Sky is not an option really more for wrestling unless, like, you know, they can get AEW on the cheap? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the... It's an odd one, really, isn't it? Because, obviously, you know, sports contracts these days are all you know all the money's in live deals but then obviously mm-hmm. we're in a situation where for us seeing these shows live it is one in the morning two in the morning three in the morning so yeah, it's you true. know the, the the ratings are never going to be as big as and consequently it's never going to be as valuable because you know selling off ad space to ninety thousand people at that time of night or to mm-hmm. you know fifty thousand people watching raw or something like that there's the, the, there's no money in it anyway and then um you know, if you think about it from a okay, well, putting getting the getting it on there at a you know reasonable time for people to watch. You know, again, does that become like magazine programs? Is is it something that's like a shorter edit or something like that? As WWE have tried with Channel Five and, and failed um, with as well. I don't know. I, th- I think it's a really really difficult one when you're looking to, to to grow the audience over here because because of that, you know live factor and then also the fact that like who watches tv anymore kind of thing you know <laughs> if you think about well, like when we got into wwe and you know you'd be watching it at you know sky one of a weekend and you, you didn't have much other options you're maybe watching like superstars or something like that on, on on sky one but you know again i can only kind of like go off my own kids and their mates and things and none of them watch tv ever <laughs> literally <laughs> never ever watch watch television and then when they do they just get pissed off that they can't fast forward through the adverts either you know they're just so <laughs> used to being able to skip on netflix or on youtube or just you know that attention span of just moving on to, to something else quickly so Again, I think it's a real challenge for you know growing growing their audience, and you know maybe it comes maybe it comes out outside of traditional TV, and that's just just the the way it's going to have to to be from from now on, and putting their focus into the platforms that that young people are are using today. And me, because it's fine by me if they stay on fight, because Gareth pays for the fight subscriptions. So, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing like trying to watch something and getting booted off because Benno is watching it and JP is watching it at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I think, we've, I think we've all been there in that position when everyone's sharing sort of like login details to streaming services and it's like you cannot view this and it's like, eh, why? And then you're like, oh, that bastard's probably watching it, aren't they? Yeah, we've all, we've all been in that position. But... Uh, Speak. Uh, we had Will Cooling on a few uh, a few months ago, and he obviously Bellator's on the BBC iPlayer, and he was saying that's probably because Bellator are offering it up for free. If AEW are just interested in saying, "Oh, look, we're on ITV in the UK, that's got a bigger reach than WWE," then nobody's got a bigger reach than the BBC, and you know that might be even an option for him, Benno. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's big, but you know bigger than ITV big I don't know like, yeah I don't, you know I could even see them ending up you know say this Peacock thing ends up with you know WWE coming home and being maybe more in that Sky family and you know BT's nose get pushed out maybe one day AW ends up on BT I could see I could see that being a, a stylistic 
perfect fit if you know actually maybe technically again a bit of a downgrade because your, your possible audiences is then lower um yeah i think garrett's nailed it really there there isn't any, really a perfect answer is there if you're aw maybe you know having having the, the the subscription service for your hardcore fans to you know to keep us in in who want to watch rampage at three in the morning on a friday night happy works and then you know like I say, there are lots of criticism you can say about the ITV deal, but maybe uh, just the fact that it's on there is maybe enough to keep them, you know, out there in the public eye and to and to potentially bring new fans in. I just think, yeah, like I said before, that maybe just needs a bit more TLC to to work better. But yeah, you know, iPlayer could work too. Yeah, feel front of house on there that that could that could be an option. Um, but yeah, I don't think again, I don't think AW underestimates how how big a market we are. I think they they've definitely got eyes over here and i'm sure they're always working on things so you know it, it wouldn't shock me if at some point they they made some kind of move like that and i mean yeah, something that's something that's worth pointing out as well is is that like bt sport was put up for sale earlier this year as well and you know oh, there's yeah. a lot of rumors about amazon and disney and like the zones trying to get like a foot in the uk market as well now so again from that non-traditional routes there are you know alternatives Options, there yeah. and then if if bt if the whole bt sport content is suddenly then positioned on amazon or on you know or is it disney plus is it called kind of thing mm. or so, you know something like that if then you know aw can you know sneak in that way into one of those one of those um platforms then again maybe that is that non-traditional route to just getting more eyes on the product over it yeah, definitely. Or also, if they just threw because App Fight is a quite a user friendly um, sort of like app, isn't it? And it's available on like Apple TV and a load of other sort of like you know streaming sticks and the you know the apps very user friendly. I think so. Perhaps they just you know if it does all end up going a bit tits up with ITV, they just throw the weight behind that and go. You know, this is how you can get it. And like you noted earlier, Gareth, you know how many people are watching TV. So perhaps that is a they could just throw the weight behind that because. Obviously, somebody who, who could be AW bound at the end of August, uh, Pete Dunn, obviously, as reported by The Observer, his contract is due, is due at the end of August. Um, seemingly, he moved his family over to the US. You know, does he stay with WWE and try and make as much money as possible while he can? And then he always knows that, you know, the Indies are going to be there when he's finished. Or does he, you know, see what's out there in terms of AEW? Or does he just come back home and go the Red Pro, New Japan ropes? I mean, uh, to throw it back to rugby, Gareth, as we've seen, you know, when Australian <laughs> rugby stars come to the UK, you know, they move all the families over here and it's all great for a couple of months. And then after one season, they're either, you know, either them or their families have got tired, you know, they've got to make a whole new fresh start in a new country and they're getting homesick and, and they end up going back home. So they, they don't, you know, hang around for very long. And, you know, that might be the case even with Pete Dunn. But I suppose Benno, obviously... It would be great to have um, for AEW in terms of their um, expansions into Britain. Pete Dunne would be a great star in the sort of like line of British Bulldog where he's not going to be headlining the week-to-week shows, but he's someone that, you know, can headline a, a big card over here in the UK like the British Bulldog used to do. Or then I suppose it's great for him in a way because he's got so many options, hasn't he? He has, yeah. You know, and we talked about this a little bit on Spotlight this week as well in that, you know, my initial reaction to this was, ah, there's no chance he's not he's going anywhere. He's got a got a young family. He's WWE loyal, it seems, or at least it seemed at a point. Um, you know, bet bet all your money on on Pete Dunne staying in the WWE system. I still think that's where the safe money is. But the more you kind of explore it, the more yeah, you know, it's it's not crazy to think he could wind up somewhere else. You know, 
WWE have fired some shots this last week that make you think if you're a wrestler under six feet, you know, um, especially if you want in, in your 30s, obviously that doesn't count Pete Dunne, but, you know, if you're a wrestler of either of those descriptions, it doesn't sound like WWE is going to be a welcoming home for you going forward. Pete Dunne is someone who I felt like has really hit a ceiling at NXT regardless, never mind if NXT reboots as more like a developmental brand. He was never making it on the main roster as long as Vince McMahon lives and breeds. I just don't think that's happening. You know, in a sane world, when Pete Dunne was hot when he first came into WWE, you might have just, you know, he did a couple of those UK Raws. I would have been tempted to just throw him on the main roster at that point, um, but not with, you know, a Vince McMahon-led WWE. Um, and that didn't happen either. And I don't see it happening going forward. So if I'm Pete Dunne, like, you know, I'm, you know, he's, what, 26? He could spend, a, you know, a... a I made the, the joke on grapple, but you know, you could make, he could literally spend 10 years in AEW if he, if he went and signed there and still be 36 and young enough to go and potentially if NXT is still running, go and get that NXT, you know, Damien Priest run or, you know, if again, that is the way NXT is at that point, that might be very much up in the air, but you know what I mean? He could, he could certainly still be young enough to, to potentially go into, into WWE or potentially do something else. Even if he signed like a four or five year deal, you know, he's, he's barely in his, in his thirties at that point. Fampy done actually, yeah. Maybe the smart move is to is to look elsewhere, whether it is AEW or or even like some kind of combination with New Japan. I can't really see him coming out coming back to the UK and doing much here. Although, yeah, you know, if if Fandy Q's gonna welcome him back, maybe the odd big rev pro show wouldn't be wouldn't be out of the question too. Yeah, like you said there, Pete Dunn's kind of in, in charge of his own destiny there and I do kind of, the more I think about it, like the idea of him landing in an AEW and you don't want to, you know, and it does feel there is an easy trap to fall into every time WWE releases someone or a contract runs out to think, ah, AEW should sign him. Mm. But there's there's an argument for me, like you say, for Pete Dunne to be that British guy that maybe, you know, Anthony Gogo is very entertaining, but, you know, we need to pump the brakes on you know, how much people think he's going to be this massive star for, for AEW. He's had three matches and he has medical issues. And I don't know if he's ever going to be a major guy. Yes, you can put him on talk shows. Yes, you can get some publicity in the UK out of, you know, his limited celebrity as a former Olympian. But I don't think he's ever going to be a top guy. And Pete Dunne could be somebody, maybe not Kenny Omega level, but in the mix in AEW that you could, you know, put on posters and used to promote tours over here past, you know, an obvious first, second and third sellout when AEW come out. It, it kind of, as UFC and boxing and other sports have proven, there's certainly money in having a, you know, a, a, a name on the poster or a, a name that people can, you know, attach themselves to and, and be into. Um, and with UK being such a big market, I, I don't rule out, uh, you know, AEW making a, a move for them. And I might not have said that when, it, when this news uh, first broke. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with you on the go-go. See, you know, he's going to get on Question of Sport and things like that, isn't he? But is he even going to, is he even going to bring up his AEW stuff? They're more likely mm. to be like, oh, and here on the show tonight is former Olympian boxer uh, Anthony Agogo, and he might not even get a chance to bring it up because I'm sure he was on a couple of programs after he had time with AEW and didn't even mention it, which I suppose is quite different now because he's been on TV and everything. But uh, a lot of the times uh, they're more likely to look at sort of like, you know, the Olympic stuff and that. Um, but it's like you say, Pete Dunne's ready to go, isn't he? You know, to be there, sort of like big UK star. And I, I could definitely see it working for him. Uh, what about you, Gareth? Are you, do you see him sort of like, you know, trying to get as much out of WWE as he can before he sort of like moves on? Or, or could you see him sort of like moving to a, an AEW? Yeah, I think the point that Benno made uh, really about obviously this, this the situation with the 
you know, him moving everyone over there, him having a kid recently and things like that. And, you know, sometimes you can't put a price on stability mm-hmm. and, you know, when it comes to, to that and suddenly if, I don't know, if the money's consistent and it's, because, you know, boils down to a case of, well, actually, we're comfortable here in this house and we're settled and we've got the baby and things like that. And, you know, those, those, sometimes that real life shit does take over. And it's a case of, yeah, that we know that check's coming at the end of the month and, you know, that's, uh, that's all covered. And we've, you know, we've got our status in the country here, presumably through WWE and things like that, presumably as well and stuff like that. So there is that kind of comfort zone. And I suppose uh, for, for, for Dunn, it's probably going to boil down to, ambition to some degree i mean mm-hmm. obviously he has got time on his side as benno says there with age he's got years and years left ahead of him in his career maybe it is something where he thinks you know what let's just do another two years here just you know see what happens stick you know you know stay comfortable let's just you know ride things out a little bit until uh the baby's a, a bit older or something like that but on the flip side ambition might take over and you know he might not you know his morale might not might not be the highest in in nxt at the moment especially with some of the recent cuts and news and things like that with, with, with the way that you know certain things have evolved the fact that he hasn't escalated to the main roster probably as quick as some people you know would have would would have thought that he he would have done so i think you know, the terms of that contract and you know what it would mean whether it's hanging around in nxt or or, or getting that escalation that's obviously going to be, be be key to him as as well. But I think he's in a great place, really, that he can, you know, I don't think there's many companies in the world who wouldn't want Pete Dunne on their roster, you know, right now. So he, he can probably play them off against each other a little bit. He probably can pick and choose. And whereas, you know, a month ago or so, I'd have thought, yeah, there's, there's no way he's leaving WWE. Is you know, he's firmly set in there. He's a, he's a lifer. There's been a hell of a lot of change in the, in, in the last month. And it... You know, it does kind of like excite me, really, this idea that if you went to AEW and with the, you know, their working relationships that they've got with with other companies and things, the the idea that he maybe could come over here and do, you know, four York all shows a year or something like that, you know, and just been something to help get our decimated scene, you know, uh, be part of the recovery of the decimated scene and be, a, again, a reason for draw people across the country to to get to big shows that's something that's you know definitely sounds um you know something that, that that i personally got appetite for and maybe he has as well because you know you never know what behind uh behind the scenes you know what people are thinking and what morale's like and you know what they're how they're how they're viewing their own their own situation as well but you know i think yeah i made the point on spotlight last night he seems to be you know, he seems to be a very sharp lad. He seems to be very clever. He's, he's you know, he's, he's taken a lot of opportunities and taken them well, and he's made his opportunities as well for himself. So I think he's very career-focused and he's got a good idea of what he needs to do to to get on in his in, in his career as well. So, you, you know, I think his... Um, um, it, 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 it's clearly something that's you know a lot of thoughts gonna gonna go into it, and yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see on the other side. But would it surprise me if um, you turned up in AW in a few months' time? Absolutely not. Whereas, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have thought that this time last year. I think um, Chris Ely on the latest um, NWA podcast uh, that came out this past weekend put it best. He was like, "If you're a wrestler now, you need to do the best." you can to make the most you can and just be completely selfish in terms of like you know with yeah. WWE and then and the way things are looking you've just got to think oh, how can I make the most money in the in the least 
amount of time. It's sort of like I imagine what Kevin Nash would tell people if he was ever, <laughs> you know, around the uh, around the PC, which I imagine to keep him well away from there um, with some of the advice he would probably give the younger wrestlers. But I suppose, um, you know, shall we move on to uh, NXT UK TV? Because obviously not much going on outside the uh, Walter Ilya news. Um, a lot of Heritage Cup stuff, Mustache Mountain back together. Miko seems to be rallying up the women's division to challenge her. And then the, my personal highlight of the month was the tag team of uh, Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff, the uh, the bomber and the jobber. I mean, what a, what a super team that is. Uh, I was amazed seeing that on my TV earlier. But um, they had their uh, first ever 30-minute Ironman match with um, A-Kid facing off against Jordan Devlin. Um, this was built up at the start of the show. Shawn Michaels' voiceover saying how in... Porn Iron Man matches have been with clips of Sasha and Bailey, HBK and Brett and Orton Cena. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I couldn't ever remember Orton and Cena having uh, this famous Iron Man match, but apparently, apparently they did. Um, and then we also saw a lot of footage of Jordan working over a kid's knee on previous episodes. And so naturally, a lot of this match was Jordan working over the knee. They did the usual tropes of sort of like one fall and someone else gets a fall, and then it's a race to the final fall. Um, Decent match, I thought. Yeah, Gareth, obviously, you know, still a lot of trepidation watching Devlin here, but I thought the, you know, worked well together. And, you know, I thought the uh, sprint finish for the final four was uh, quite good. A lot of uh, sort of like fast pin attempts and things. What were your thoughts on uh, on this match? Yeah, I mean, it was one of them where I'd like, I'd looked on the, I'd looked on the, uh, grapple app and I'd seen that it had a rating that was close to you know four stars from the ratings that had gone in there so far so I kind of went into it feeling already like oh yeah this is going to be something that's a you know a decent de- decent match to to watch um sort of you know similar to you I think the whole Iron Man build up and the leaning on the WWE stuff of the past just kind of just felt a bit off and a bit odd to me, so it kind of mm. set me off on the on the on, on the the wrong foot a little bit when it when it when it started. And and if I'm you know brutally honest, I'm never a fan of Ironman matches that are thirty minutes anyway. I think there should always be a there should always be sixty minutes because the amount of matches that you watch that aren't Ironman matches that easily go over half an hour these yeah. days, <laughs> it, it sort of doesn't make it seem as as Iron Manny as um, as those uh, the, those hour matches did, but. I mean, for somebody who doesn't watch NXT UK reg, you know, regularly, um, you know, it was it was something that, you know, the match itself, you know, jumped out. It was in, has been, you know, relatively enjoyable for you know quite a few reasons. I thought they they, they worked well together. You know, they seemed to, you know, everything seemed sort of very, you know, smooth. And I think a lot of their, you know, their transitions and counters and things as they were doing a bit more grappling and things earlier on. You know, it, it looked like, you know. It, they they really clicked together and you know worked well from 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 that standpoint. The match itself, as a as, as a whole, I did kind of feel like it leaned a bit on tropes and it leaned a bit on sort of cliched uh, cliched elements to it in terms of the the the, the structure overall for an, for an Ironman match and and I think the the brevity of it with it only been half an hour it did kind of make some of the the falls seem a bit quick to me and a bit out of nowhere and maybe the I don't know the the drain the, the drained end that you you know you normally see prior to mm. that in the final sprint didn't feel as I don't know. It didn't feel as earned, almost to me. It didn't feel like they'd been to war as much as maybe in some some some, some other matches. Um, but 
you know, as a as a whole, I mean, it was one that I like went like three and a half stars on on myself. It was something that that I enjoyed, but there was there was just the elements, a couple of the elements that are there with the 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 order of the falls. I think the fact that as always, there's somebody who's due to win, <laughs> and then the clock just runs out at the end, and th- you know, I was literally sitting there waiting for that spot to happen, and you know, then it then it did. I think as you mentioned as well, Martin, there the the devlin factor as well. You know, I think that's something that mm. doesn't sit right in my stomach and I, I, I didn't you know that definitely sort of takes t- took away my ability to to get engaged in this uh in, in this match particularly as well but I mean for, for, for me it was it was one of those it was a it was a nice decent decent enough match probably better than a lot of what you'd see as as standard on NXT UK but equally nothing I'd be uh writing home about and you know telling people that they they should be running to running to watch if, I, if I'm brutally honest yeah I think there's always going to be a ceiling with these matches, isn't there? Like, never mind the fact that Devlin's in there and, you know, that everyone knows our, our feelings on that. But the fact that it's empty arena as well, you know, with the, not even, you haven't even got a clap crowd. You've got, you know, golf claps and you've got game show noises. And, you know, that's always going to, I gave it three and a half stars as well. Um, and I, you know, obviously people, people really raved about this match. To be honest, like, I, I made, Cards on the table. Getting ready to watch this match for uh, for this podcast today. Managed to put the wrong Devlin A Kid match on first. Um, I watched the match from a month <laughs> ago, and then watched this. So I got a double bill of, uh, of Devlin A Kid, and I'll be honest, I thought the first match was better. Um, so you know, kind of for context, I suppose that's good. Um, yeah, I, I echo a lot of what Gara said there. I think that two of them have clearly got a. There is a chemistry there um, with the two of them, and you know they are very creative um with the big spots they do a kid i watch him and i just think oh i would have loved to have seen you do you know develop outside of this mm. wwe system he's like he still feels like he's not fully there he feels like a very moldable wrestler do you know what i mean he's like yeah there isn't really a lot uh, i don't know what the word would be i don't know a lot a lot that's unique about A-Kid um, at this current stage in his career. He's just another very good wrestler in trunks and kick pads. Um, and I still don't think he's quite found who he is in wrestling. I'm not sure he's ever going to find it within this system, but the chemistry is clearly there, you know, athletically and as far as, you know, creativity goes with with big spots, uh, especially in that first uh, Devil and A-Kid match. There were a couple of really, really good uh, near-fall spots. This one didn't love as much. I think, you know, Gareth mentioned the finish there. I saw a, a better version of this finish uh, at the weekend that I had with TV 100 with Daniel Garcia and Wheelie Utah doing her, uh, you know, the bell's about to ring and uh, somebody's uh, uh, about to lose um, kind of a tease finish. So maybe I was a... A little bit spoiled from that, um, but yeah, it didn't didn't quite work for me on the level of everyone else. But I think it's kind of probably because it's got those things uh, inherently against it. I don't know if you uh, you enjoyed it anymore, Martin. Well, it's funny, isn't it, with a kid? Because you know, like you said, you know, he was getting all these rave reviews. You know, he was getting five star Meltzer matches against Zack Saber Junior. Was it over in Madrid? And he's still only twenty four. And it's like you say, he was, you know. It, it, when he did sign, that was the first round of him sort of like signing people before they barely even done sort of like any indie shows, you know, pretty deadly being the other one there. And it, it just seems like you say there's there's so much potential there. And it just seems that he's, you know, he is getting these sort of like marquee matches on NXT UK. But it, it, it seems like there's so much more potential there to him than what would be. And I, I'd, I'd say definitely out of the sort of like, NXT UK roster, he seems to have the most potential sort of like outside that system than anyone, really, I'd say, mm-hmm. Gareth. 
Yeah, and and again, is 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 someone as as Benno says there. You know, you're just thinking about the, you know, the environment that he could have could have developed in more really outside of this system. And then you think sort of think the the matches that he could, he could have had and worked in in different areas. And you know, with him, you know, coming at things from from being been, been that young. Um, again, it's you know. It's is someone who probably he still comes across there that he's while the potential's there, you know, he feels to me like he does need to define himself a, li- a little mm. bit more, and also he needs to be in an environment where he he has got the right level of opponents that you know it can work matches to of a, of a certain level with. Whether NXT UK is that environment, I, dis- I dispute that myself personally. But you know, again, I think I, I think it's it's one of them where the lads are young enough that um, you know. For all the negatives of of being in this system, as somebody who's there in a in a you know primarily in a wrestling scene in in in, in Spain and developed um, developed the, the the way he has, I think being in this system and you know working with the the, the different talents on a day to day basis and things like that, there will be some advantages to him. But yeah, hopefully it's one that he can take forward and have in a you know with with different opponents in a in a, in a broader environment uh, going forward in the future. Tell you what, Carlos Romo's probably sitting by the phone, isn't he? Waiting for Akid to get released. Like, remember that guy? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's one who didn't do well out of it. Hey, good signing. Oh, no, definitely. <laughs> and did, hadn't he just saw that program with him in Red Pro where he was turning on him and that, and then he just got signed? He, he probably was like, oh, this is my big moment in Red Pro. And then it was like, yeah, oh, mate, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, speaking of Red Pro, because um, live shows are in full swing over here, uh, Gareth will be talking a bit about the shows he's been to. But uh, Red Pro are doing shows seemingly every week now with their back to business tour. Um, done shows in London, Bristol, Huntington, and Southampton so far, with um, some sh- big shows in Manchester and London coming up um, later in the year. Um, Shows have been sort of like headlined by their uh, global tag league. They've been rather Queen of the Ring tournament going on and then them building up um, for this big show to Umino and Ricky Knight Jr. match uh, for the interim, well, I suppose you can call it the interim title, um, Red Pro title, because obviously in in the show at Bristol, Ricky Knight Jr. retired the Southside belt um, and he brought out the old Red Pro title and said it's um, a title that Will Ospreay could never win. So I guess we're going to get some kind of unification match between him and Osprey down the line. Um, most of the shows have it, the VOD, and we haven't got time, obviously, to go through all of them. So we just a, a few highlights from the show so far. Because um, one that really caught my eye from the Bristol show on the 18th of July, um, we were treated to the dream team of uh, Dean Allmark and Robbie X against the Young Guns, um, this being the Red Pro debut for the Young Guns. Um Nothing to go crazy about, but I do love this team of Allmark and Robbie X Benno. It's just a shame that, you know, it's taken Brit Rest to get into such a state that, you know, Dino's been showcased finally in the likes of Red Pro and Progress. But work really, really, really well together with this uh, bright hopes of Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs here. Mm. Hey, Gareth will tell you he was he was focused on in PCW, wasn't he, Gareth? You know, he got a you know, Flooder doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dino Mark back in the day. But you're right, yeah, the the you know, the cool promotions or whatever you well, at least they were once upon a time, your progressors and your rev pros did kind of shy away from using him. And yeah, it kind of says where we are now that you know progress at having to pretend that they always wanted to use him and he's this legend and, and rev pro are kind of forced to use him as well but he's great he's really good he's been a highlight of a lot of these recent you know brit red shows we've been watching on vod and robbie x is you know 
talk about another great pro. Um, I do love them as a team, as you've termed it, Martin. The, the lads, that's what they are. Um, mm. In there against the young lads in, uh, in Ethan Allen and, and Luke Jacobs. Yeah, I thought it was really, you know, probably rated similar to the Devlin AK match, three and a half stars, but, you know, with a quite a different context. You know, it's a middle of the card tag and, I just thought it was really well worked, Tag. I think it, it kind of showcased both teams' strengths because you you kind of had you know the dream team in there as uh, as like the, you know the, the grizzled veterans, you know, controlling at least a, a lot of the, like the start period of the match, and you know, kind of forcing the young guns to work their match. But there was certainly plenty of you know moments where the young guns got to shine and you know hit hard strikes and you know do all the all the things that they're kind of known for in the northwest. That you know, hopefully a, a lot more fans now are, are getting to see with them, with them doing Rev Pro. I mean, for me, yeah, it was just a, a nice treat to get to see those lads work in front of a crowd again and work in front of a, mm. a new crowd. Um, you know, Andy Quilden was on commentary putting them over, you know, talking about how Luke Jacobs from, everyone always says like Brian Danielson, but he was kind of saying he reminds him a little bit of Pete Dunn. Hey, maybe some foreshadowing there. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's, it's a good comparison too, you know, and everyone can see the, the potential star in there in Luke Jacobs as he continues to get bigger and gets more experience and gets older. But yeah, this is, you know, this is the Brit Res we've inherited. You, you've got to take chances on, on young wrestlers like this. You know, I will say that, you know, these are two lads that are that are worth a try. They are very, very, very young in their career. They probably wouldn't have been in this spot if we were talking 2016 Brit Res, but you know, needs must. And you know, when you've got big guns, Joe, and the, the kid like us is filling up spots on shows, you kind of know, you know, where we are in Brit Res right now. And they are people that actually, you know, despite their their, their how young they are, um, you know, tempered by the fact that they are still young and are still developing. I think they're going to be, you know, people make the the comment all the time of, well, you know, Brit Rose can't be there because we've got this young talent who's ready to step up. These are two wrestlers where I think that's somewhat true. Um, and I think that was proven by this match. And, you know, I am relieved to see them starting to get used by Rev Pro. I hope, you know, them being used by Progress simultaneously doesn't upset that. And, you know, we end up with them on NXT UK or whatever WWE end up doing going forward. Because similar to the conversation we just had about A-Kid, had about A-Kid Rev Pro is a great, great setup for the young guns. We're going to talk about you know a match they've got coming up that's perfect for them, and there's plenty of you know uh, potential matches if if Rev Pro start being able to bring in more New Japan talent, maybe even bring in AW talent and you know things of that nature for to put young guns in in big positions. And I think if if this match is anything to go by and the potential we all know they have is anything to go by, I think they're, they're very likely to smash it out the park. Yeah, because I agree with you there. They are two talents that, um, you know, are definitely ready to step up. Because obviously someone else who has had to step up is uh, Ricky Knight Jr. as well. And he was headlining the show against uh, Doug Williams. Not a title match, but, you know, good for Knight Jr. You know, there is a lot being put on him by Red Pro to be the star of, of these Oof, shows. And he's yeah. obviously coming from a famous Britrest family. But, you know, it's it's good here that he's getting to mix it up with the vets like, um, you know, Doug Williams and, and learning a lot more from people like that. I'm... I'm not quite sure how I feel about this him using off Spray's moves. It, it sort of <laughs> might come across a bit more like a parody rather than what they're going for. Obviously, they, they are lining up, you know, a unification match down the line. But I, I, I don't know how I felt about him sort of like, you know, completely copying some of Osprey's stuff in this match with Doug Williams. Yeah, I don't know. I think all in all, I like it. I like the the story. You know, they had the, the promo at the, the top of the show with, like you mentioned before him coming out and I like that idea that he's, you know, he's bringing, you know, he, he's the South side champion, but he's bringing out the, that new rev, that shiny new rev pro belt that, uh, that in his words, Osprey could never win. I think that's a, that's a good story. 
he does come across like a a young osprey or a younger osprey. Um, so the story kind of works in that regard, doesn't it? He's not all, all the way there when it comes to to promos and the like, but he's you know similar to Osprey in a way. He's got that confidence that makes you kind of get away with it. And he's playing like this, yeah, walking this line of kind of being the, he feels like the biggest star, you know, in 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 this version of Rev Pro. Whether he's a face or a heel isn't entirely clear, but maybe it doesn't need to be when he, you know, the promotion is kind of centered around him at the minute. And yeah, like to be honest, in, in the in the, the match with Doug Williams, I kind of enjoyed, you know, that stuff, the uh, the Osprey stuff that he, he kind of used to to finish mm. the match. I think the hidden blade was the finish, wasn't it? And you know, it's a couple, like you say, a couple of uh, other Osprey moves uh, in the closing stretch there. That was kind of the highlight for me because it was a bit of a flat match. I mean, we all we all like Doug Williams, and you know, I, I would have booked this main event too. But you know, there's there's a there's a ceiling on what Doug Williams that is, you know, his age and you know where he is in his career at this point is going to be able to do as a match. So what he can offer is a solid three-star-ish match with, mm. you know, a, a fundamentally sound match, you know, and strongly put over Ricky Knight Jr., which, you know, I think it achieved what it set out to do. And it, it got over that story beat of, of Ricky Knight Jr. and, you know, the, the Osprey thing and the fact that he's trying to goad, as uh, Quilden said on commentary, Osprey uh, um, away from, uh, you know, the sickbed or, you know, whatever. I think that's that's got to be coming relatively soon. And yeah, I think it was, while it wasn't like a barn burner of a match, it was, a I think right now Rev Pro is, is kind of building around Ricky Knight Jr. and to get him ready for an Osprey match, considering where he was pre-pandemic on Rev Pro shows, you need to give him these solid wins. You need to focus the shows around him and you need to book him strong. And this is a company doing that right now. And, you know, similar to the Young Guns at a much lower level of the card, you know, Ricky Knight Jr. is absolutely, you know, the best chance they've got of, of making a new star. And it's refreshing to say to see Rev Pro go, go all the way in with him. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about Doug Williams. Obviously, you know, his best matches are well, well behind him. But I think he's a good hand to have around, isn't he? Because obviously they've sure. got a lot a lot of young talent and he's someone that, you know, they can work with and learn from. So definitely a good idea having him around. Perhaps not in the uh, main events, but then I suppose he is a name, isn't he, that people recognise. So For a one-off Bristol show. You can get away with yeah. it, can't you? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Another match I did want to talk about was um, Michael Oku against Robbie X. That was from the uh, July 31st hunting show and obviously Oku doesn't get much talk you know with what happened in the group chat messages that were released and you know him removing himself from that progress committee that lasted about five minutes but I thought he had a good match here against Robbie you know for his cruiserweight championship and and I always think he's a, a, a good wrestler he's you know he has a lot of promise and I think he's he's quietly improving I mean Less talk about the match, but I suppose <laughs> more talk about sort of like Michael Oku because he seems to be, you know, almost exclusive to Red Pro now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And that that would be a shame. I mean, obviously, no one's condoning what he said in those group chats, but I mean, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, a blackballing worthy um, offense. And it seems like he's someone who's shown contrition, has shown a, a willingness to, to be better and. You know, um, Lord knows what your favorite wrestlers are saying in group chats that you haven't seen. You know, let's just leave mm. it at that. But I would like to, I would like to see Oku, you know, given a, a second chance and across the country. But I suppose it's no bad thing if Progress aren't going to use him because at least you know we know we're getting him on indie shows going forward, and we know Rev Pro can put him in in big positions. You're right. You know, this Robbie Axe match is definitely not one I'd recommend anyone to go out. It was the main event of an afternoon show to build up a main show that is still not on VOD. Um, here we go again with Rev Pro. I know they've had a lot of shows lately, but you know we were all very excited, weren't we, to talk about you know the big Sunshine Machine tag from uh, this most recent not at the cockpit show. 
show and that's still not up and the evening show from from this night is unfortunately still not up i know it was you know what nine ten days ago so you know we'll we'll, we'll give them a bit of patience but you would like to see that uh, i think there was talk of you know repro doing live edits so you know i'd like to see that day come so you know we can all be a bit more uh on time with our uh reviews of repro stuff but yeah this was what we were <laughs> left with and yeah it, it, it wasn't much to, to talk about but as far as like yeah the guy that you can again, you know, Osprey's gone, so you can put, you know, uh, put uh, RKJ in, in big spots, and Oku is the cruiserweight champion. You can have him, you know, main event, your lesser shows, um, and he's a, a star, you know, unique to Rev Pro. So, you know, you can maybe turn that negative uh, into a positive, and yeah, let's hope, you know, we see Oku continue to kick on and show that potential we saw in that pack match and, and other matches a couple of years ago, and yeah, you know, obviously. It's not, we talk about him like he's 19, you know, he's not, you know, he's a, he's a bit older than that, but he's still, you know, a, a very good young prospect that, yeah, you, you would hope uh, blossoms into the wrestler we, uh, we all hope he's going to be. Does Gareth Repro seemingly in yeah. a good position here compared to, you know, where we are in the British wrestling landscape? Yes, they have a lot of names that you can see up and down the country on other shows, but they also seem to have a core group of guys, you know, likes of Ricky Knight Jr., Oku, obviously Shota, Umino, and um, the likes of Robbie X that aren't working all over, and they seem to be sort of like, you know, guys that they can label as, as Rev Pro guys. Yeah, I think this is, you know, Rev Pro is the one where, you know, you definitely feel like they're, you know, as, you, as, you, as you're looking at their cards and you're looking at the different places that they've run over the, you know, the last few uh, last few weeks even, you know, because obviously they have, they have had that high volume of, of shows. They probably are the... The, the shows that do look the most differentiated at this time compared to you know a lot of the, mm. a lot of the ones that have been been run and but yeah, again whether that's through things like the you know new japan relationship or whether it's just from a location aspect that they are obviously you know that prominence in the south and you know maybe accessibility to different um different wrestlers whereas a lot of the shows so far seem to have been run a bit more in the midlands and a bit up north uh, post post pandemic but i think so, you know it's a real credit to them and uh, credit to Andy Quilden, really, I suppose, is that while they um, were restricted when the uh, lockdown was on, and you know, the, 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 during the pandemic, you know, that to run those those different shows, you know, they did use that they did use those shows to to showcase different talents, and they clearly thought about the you know long term booking, and they thought about the change in landscape and the need mm-hmm. to get some of these younger lads into more prominent positions, so is that okay? you know take you know take this statement with a pinch of salt but when we did come out of the pandemic that they would have a bit more value in them and okay we're talking low level value you know we're not exactly say, thinking everybody was watching all of those rev pro shows and you no. know <laughs> and these are big stars as a result of a back of it but you know people are still you know seeing reviews still seeing names on cards and things like that it's very clear that there are, are this you know there is this group of people that they have kind of you know pinned uh, pinned their hopes on and they've they've put a bit more weight behind and it kind of does feel some make it feel like again even though I didn't watch those those Red Bull shows someone like Ricky Knight Jr it does just feel like I don't know he is greater than he was when we you know, we we saw him at that Rev Pro show pre-pandemic. You know, pre-pandemic. You know, it's almost like they've been able to put a bit more stock and value in in in, in some of these lads. And again, when you are able to offer them um, 
something different to other shows that's going on out there and then you're also able to offer some of these lads different matchups then again it's a, it's something that can only be seen as positive and you know again don't want to judge on your your toes uh, Martin with your, your your run sheet or anything like that but obviously they've got that nine-year anniversary show coming up and you've got like you know Rick and I Jr. against Shota Umino. Like again, what a what a different match that is to you know a lot of the matchups that we're seeing up and down the up and down the the country for the cards that have ran so far and the the ones that are booked to be to be happening in the next month as well. Really, so again, it's it, it's it's a it's a big win really for for Evpro overall. Now, I mean, we can get into it now that, that that ninth anniversary show they've got going in Manchester. Obviously, on top of that, that's headlining isn't it Shelter against Ricky Knight Jr. Then they've got the Young Guns against the returning Aussie Open. I'm assuming that's going to be their first match back here in the UK. And then they've got that uh, Michael Oku three-way for the Cruiserweight uh, title. But I mean, then I mean, as far as Brit Rest shows go, and you know, obviously, you're the man who coined Brit Rest as test. Um, that is Sorry, exciting. Everyone. That is as exciting as it's. Um, you know, as it looks, I, I know a lot of people are sort of like chomping at the bit to sort of like get to get over, get up to Manchester. And it's a big old building as well, isn't it? The Victoria Warehouse. It is, yeah. And, you know, to piggyback on what, what Gareth has said there, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Rev Pro, okay, we're going to be limited. You know, we can't bring in big New Japan names. Yes, you'll get like a, a Shota Umino and, yeah, you know, they're doing their best as far as, you know, putting the best foot forward with him. And it sounds like there's going to be, you know, more people coming um, with, with similar arrangements to him. But yeah, you know, RevPro, what they've done is created, you know, uh, there's a there's a cohesive feeling about RevPro right now that it's, uh, you know, whether, whether you highly rate the guys we're talking about or not, they've created, the, they've done a bit of world building, you know, during the pandemic and they've, you know, reset things as far as the roster goes, specifically that, that women's roster as well, which they've had a, a bit of strife with, but mm. they've created like a, you know, a, a product that, yeah, you can invest in and you can follow along and, you know, follow along the Ricky Knight Jr. story or follow along the, the show to, you know, Umino story. And I'll whip. Not being, you know, Shota Umino is not the level of, you know, the, the New Japan names that, that RevPro have bought in in the past. But based on what RevPro are able to use right now, then, yeah, that makes sense as a as a big match um, to do Shota Umino and Ricky Knight Jr. And, yes, that might sound like as a main event of a, a big show in a, in, a, in a, like you say, a venue as big as Victoria Warehouse. Maybe, you know, that that looks, you know, maybe not quite as as good as the the days of yore where, you know, RevPro probably would have had a, a bigger match than this there. If you're invested in this product and you're following it along, then you know that is a big match based on you know the way Rev Pro built it. I believe you know that last show they had a, a great brawl at the end of the show that a lot of people were raving about, and they've done you know when Shota debuted at that first cockpit show back. You know he got a he got a big response there from like the the Rev Pro uh, faithful. You know they're doing the best they can you know with the with the toys that they've got, and I think yeah that'll you know, as far as a, a match delivering it in ring, that will deliver. And you mentioned there, you know, the the other big match there, we were just raving about the young ones, but young guns and Aussie Open, you know, there aren't many matches in this current iteration of Brit Res where I go, you know, 
that's going to sell me a ticket. I mean, you said it there. I think we're all definitely were considering at least going to the show just as a, a big piss up and a big show in Manchester and a, a good reason for us all to to go out and uh, and meet up again. But even without that, that's a match where I can guarantee that's going to be a banger. That's going to be great. Aussie opening mm-hmm. and back in the country and wanting to kill it. Young Guns are going to be in Manchester, you know, returning for a bigger company in RevPro and like, you know, they've had that that similar reaction in, in progress before in Manchester. You know, the the local fans are going to be way behind them. And I think you guarantee the four-star match at the, at the very minimum. So, mm. you know, there's that there too. And yeah, you know, the rest of the card, you know, Dan Maloney, Adam Maxted, I think is on there. And um, with that three-way with Oku Ridgeway and Robbie X, you know, they're going to be solid little undercard matches as well. But I think those top two matches we just mentioned there are, are going to sell the tickets. And the two matches that I think you can almost rely are going to be really, really strong matches. And, you know, there's not not a lot of them lying around in Red Pro right now. So, you know, fair play to, to Red Pro and the creativity stakes and, you know, the well-built stakes that they've, they've built up a couple of matches there that, that sound must see. Yeah, because they're bringing up someone else over for Excursion, aren't they? Uh, New Japan Young Lion uh, is going to be debuting for them in Sheffield in September. Uh, Yota Tsuji, I hope I pronounced that yeah, right. Tsuji, so I'm not going yeah. to pretend I know anything about him. He's been one of the few... Yeah, the Lionsgate projects, aren't they, for New Japan? And, you know, he'll obviously be spending, I'm assuming, a year or six months out in the UK. But um, another another name to make the Red Pro show is a bit more unique here, Gareth. Have, have you seen anything of him? Or have we got the wrong grapple correspondent here? <laughs> no, no, I, I must admit, I have seen a lot of him. And um, he's someone who, it's, he's been, it's been fascinating to sort of follow his development, really, because he's someone who's always had the size about him and a bit of threat about him and you know he seems to you know they've put him in a in a lot of um you know he's he's obviously worked for a long time on a on a lot of lot of shows with a you know wide variety of people he's also you know he had a good almost three three way series with Yumura and Gabriel Kidd where they were having you know a range of matches I think it was last year when they were you know almost like on a rotational basis facing off against each other and you know he he, I think he really developed through that, and you know, I think right now where is that? He is someone who I think is going to add a lot of, you know, he almost feels like main card ready to me, main roster ready to me anyway at um, New Japan, and you know, I think he's going to come over here. He's going to add something different to British cards. He's going to look like fucking Andre the Giant next to some of these lads, you know, which is <laughs> again on the attraction stakes as well, kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's going to be a that's going to be a a, a big. You know, a bit a big help, I suppose, um, just to just to add something a different dynamic to the to the cards as well. But yeah, is is someone who, you know, def, you know, do you definitely look forward to? I think is a is a great a great addition. And you know, okay, it's not it's not like it's Rev Pro, you know, the days of your bringing over, you know, Suzuki and you you know Avanishi over directly and things like that. But even still, seeing these, you know. Um, young lions over here it's still something that feels a bit different in the current landscape and it's you know it's also um, a good opponent and a good learning curve for you know some of these younger British lads as well they're working with people who've gone through that New Japan dojo and you know been working with the the Cardas and Tanahashis of this world and you know things like that as well really so definitely a welcome addition I was I was delighted when I, I saw that pop up on Twitter I love that they're debuting him at the Corp in Sheffield. I um, I hope he don't go, <laughs> I hope he don't need the toilet while he's there. But um, <laughs> as far as sort of like his style goes, who who who's, who'd sort of like be a good opponent for him? Sort of like on the uh, limited roster that we've got over here currently. I mean, 
it's it's one of those where on a side like you know, he is a big lad, you know, sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's certainly from a from a, a, a matchup point of view. I think if uh, you know the, there is anyone, if there is anyone left on the British scene with a, a bit Maloney, of size, size, and I was I was just going to say Dan Maloney is probably the one who I think. Big C probably, just this. Yeah. I, I could see. I, I, I could see. I could see him and Dan Maloney having a, a good uh, a, a good hard hitting match there. But I also think he's he's going to be a cracking base for some of these. You know, where where you're picking out and you you know you're talking about. You know, people along the lines of you know Rick and I Junior, and you know even Robbie X and things like that. Again, diff, you know, a different style of match. You know, you know, I think I, I think he is is shown that he can work with people at you know you know different levels and in, in, in different styles as well, really. So yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's a it's a bit of a a bit of an uh, open open door on that one. That I, that I think there's a few people he can he can work with. But again, it's 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 one of those where he is just going to bring something a bit different and unique mm-hmm. which is what we need right now definitely um any sort of like final thoughts from you two on red pro before we move on to the last few items get that vod up quicker um but no, other than that, <laughs> it, it is it you know i i you know we talk about brit res being dead and like we say promotions all kind of feeling the same the way you stand out is doing a lot of things red pro do by you know booking interesting stories by you know leaning into that new japan relationship with the young wrestlers you know and giving us something different there on the undercards and yeah you know the giselle show zoe lucas is on that that, that nine-year anniversary show as well yes they're going back to the well with zoe lucas but you know they're doing the best like uh, as far as like rebuilding that women's division as well it kind of shows you know with a with a bit of work and a bit of a attention to detail you know you can put something on worthwhile seeing with the mm. with the same parts that everybody else is using and yeah you know uh We've joked a few times about, you know, the amount of samey looking cards that are happening across Brit Res, res and, you know, Gareth might be able to talk about one or two in a minute, but, you know, it, it you know, everything kind of looks the same and it's all the same wrestlers on every show. You know, I, I don't know how many times I can see the kid like Hosses and Big Guns Joe. And yes, Red Pro are using those lads, but they're also kind of finding ways to make themselves stand up and stand out and have you know, unique guys on top and unique stories going on and unique outsiders. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a good template for, for any Brit Red promotion that's uh, running right now to learn from. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and from my, and my thoughts really just on Rev Pro as well is, is with the uncertainty around NXT at the moment and with, mm. you know, morale where it is and with, you know, that sort of the element hanging over NXT UK as well. Suddenly now RevPro have been in this position where they have got that route into Japan and they have got that route into, you know, AEW as well. There is, you know, there is that dotted line relationship there with them as well. Suddenly there's actually a lot of, you know, value and appeal in working with RevPro as a channel to get somewhere else in your career as well. So, you know, I think, yeah. uh, again, where you look at some of these young lads who haven't been snapped up, they have maybe stayed loyal to, to RevPro or they just haven't been, you know, they're broken toys who weren't wanted by NXT UK or they were just toys that just weren't wanted at all by NXT UK. <laughs> Suddenly, actually, by the clearing of the scene, they've been given a chance to showcase themselves in, the, you know, and in, in, in a different environment as well. And, you know, potentially the, the, the sky's the limit there. And, you know, you just look at something like that Young Guns Aussie Open match and you think, yeah, God, what a showcase it is for for both those teams because, you know, obviously New Japan's going to be watching where they're probably going to have, you know, one or two lads over here on excursion who will be, you know, booked on that that show, you know, putting themselves in the in, in the shop window to, um, you know, get opportunities elsewhere as well. So again, it's, you know, to, to, to me, it's uh, right now from probably 12, 18 months ago feeling like, um, you know, 
RevPro were maybe a bit dead in the water as everything they tried to do just got like snapped away from them by by NXT UK. Actually, now maybe the the uh, the old heart monitor is beating a bit um, <laughs> faster there, and maybe there is a bit more um, life in in RevPro as a promotion and and establishing themselves as probably someone who's going to have a bit more credibility and a bit more trust about them than some of these uh, other promotions who sold the soul. Imagine it, mate. Imagine it if, if NXT UK do like a, there's big releases coming or something like that. And so all of a sudden, Andy Quilden and is Kingmaker <laughs> in there. Um, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews are begging to work on a Bristol show with the with the contenders. And yeah, Quilden can tell them all to get lost. Like I could yeah. imagine that being the, uh, the world that we're, uh, we're coming for in the next year, year or so. That would be a, a nice switch of uh, the power down like a Brit Res this last while. I'm here for that. <laughs> Carlos Romo would finally have his uh, feud with A-Kid yeah and uh, there you <laughs> go yeah Gallus against yeah. Yotasuji and uh, Yotasuji yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe not yeah thankfully they were never used by Rupert in the first place uh, but... <laughs> yes a man of good taste is uh, Andy yeah. Gold uh, but yeah like Ben O'Noah there much like um, Andy Ogden on our previous shows you Gareth have been venturing out some live shows uh, so what have you been to and more importantly how have they been yeah, I mean, obviously you've had Andy on and, you know, he's talked about, you know, I think every show I've been at, obviously Andy's been at, so <laughs> given that he's at every show ever. So, you know, you, some of these you, you have discussed on, um, on on BWE in the past, but yeah, for, for me, I've been to, you know, three shows so far over the last six weeks, which, you know, coming off the back of not you know, being able to go see any wrestling for such a oh, yeah. long period of time feels like, you know, it's been quite a, um, quite a, a a big load of shows really to be able to, to to get out to to go to so i've been to two tnt shows in that time and um i also went to the uh catch um catch wrestling's uh second show that they ran in manchester as well and um i mean it's 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 one way you kind of almost like take the wrestling aside and just being able to just be back at shows and just seeing mm. old familiar faces and just having a drink before the show and you know after the show and just you know chatting about wrestling again and seeing people you haven't seen for two years and things like that that's been you know that, that that's been great on a, a social side of things and definitely one of the the big pluses for for me is uh, you, you know on that on, on that more social scene side of things but while I'm not going to sit here and you know claim that you know <laughs> the majority of matches that I've seen would be <laughs> you know <laughs> getting high ratings on the grapple app if either of these promotions were on 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 the app I think that you know I I have walked away from every show you know feeling like I enjoyed it there've been definite like high spots on, on on every show and there've definitely been you know low spots on every show I think the mm. high spots haven't been quite as high as when you were in a world where you were maybe having you know your your Walters and your Zach Sabre Juniors and Pete Dunn's of the of this world on the uh, indie shows that you were that you were going to watch, but the, there still has been some you know some some very strong stuff uh, there, and you know I think if I was just to pick out some of the highlights uh, uh, across the piece, really for for me, I think the ones who've stood out are the ones where you there has almost been that like visible step change that they've used the lockdown period to improve themselves in some mm. way, be it physically, be in in just in terms of their ring work their ring psychology um you know different elements there and you know i think there has been a couple who've, who've, who've stood out on that basis i think the first show that um you know i went to 
uh, the the TNT show going off big time in, in in June. You know, like Dan Maloney was somebody who walked out there and like God, he looked like a Greek god. You know, with the amount of yeah. <laughs> really, you know, where you talk about wrestlers using that time, he's somebody who'd use that time to get himself into as good a ring shape as he's ever been in in his his life. You know, physical shape. He, he looked he looked so impressive, and you know, he had a. a cracking little match with with Sonna Durson at, uh, there and you know again he was someone who he's obviously had all this rev pro focus as well and you know I think looking like a star always helps us as well in, the, in this oh, environment yeah. and then when you talk about him you know as a potential opponent for, for you Asuji he can absolutely stand out there opposite him in the ring and look as credible as uh, as anything it's not like throwing MK McKinnon in there against Naito or something like that and looking like <laughs> somebody's won a raffle to have a match or something like that you know it definitely looked like something who's <laughs> It was it was credible, so you know that was that that was a big positive that came out for me. I think the the positive that's ran across these these three shows for me there was has just been two women's wrestlers in uh, Lizzie Evo and Alexis Falk. And I think anybody who's heard me on either Andy Ogden's Graps and Claps audio or on you know our own Grapple Spotlight when I've been talking about these shows, both of these women have been absolutely you know spot on as good uh, women's wrestling matches as I've seen you know, you know, going back, you know, over over the over the mm. years. And, you know, these are both two people that just jump off, you know, jumped out jumped out as been you god, they've made, you know, real ad- advancements. I think their their style of uh, of work has just been really, you know, hard hitting and just really realistic. They've really like got people in the crowd engaged with their like character side of things and crowd engagement as well. And and again, as you're looking at this decimated scene and you're looking for people who can, you know, step up quickly to that next level and, you know, potentially even through opportunities available to them, make themselves become, you know, the biggest stars at the top end. You know, these are two who I'm absolutely, you know, I'm convinced the next 12 months are going to be huge for them both. And they're, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about them as being on the, you know, on the level with, you know, a lot of the best women's workers in the world, in the world based on the uh, three wow. shows that I've seen both, uh, both of these on, you know, if you, obviously, you know, you take that absolute top tier out of the equation, but I think that two of the matches that I've had, I've seen these two have that if, if they were on like dynamite or something like that, people would have been saying that was a good match, you know, <laughs> that it's, it's better than some women's that women's matches that I've seen on dynamite. And that's not me like kind of <laughs> blowing smoke with a few beers in me watching the Brit scene kind of thing, you know, the legitimately being, been that good. And, you know, I've got a lot of, um, you know, enthusiasm and, you know, really looking forward to, to, to seeing how they, they develop on the flip side of that. There's been, you know, some people who I'd say haven't made the most of it. So, you know, session Moth Martino was on that last TNT show and my God, was that a bit death match queen oh god it was uh <laughs> absolutely i mean i know it'd be a favorite of yours on that basis but um but yeah Stop I, it. <laughs> you know god absolutely you know that was one way you were like literally thinking come on you're actually the biggest star on the show here and you know well she's i don't know she's still signed to ring of honor or she was signed to ring of honor but there was nothing about her that made you think this is someone who should be having a uh, contract at the uh at, at, at that level there you know that was what that was one that didn't um didn't come through positive at all really but yeah all, all in all just 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 great to be back at the great to be back at the shows yeah because um alexis falcon obviously has been on a, a number of the progress shows but lizzie evo i've um it seems that she's you know some of the sort of like bigger promotions have maybe looked past her but from that review there it seems like you know red pro and the like should be using people like her benno yeah she's someone who's kind of 
been around for a little while now. She's still young, but like, you know, working like the, you know, the mega slam circuit and shows of that nature as well, which, you know, is hardly uh, up, up my alley as far as taste goes, but definitely, you know, can often help, you know, develop wrestlers and, and make them better professionals working those kind of uh, heavy duty family shows. But based on what Gareth said there, yeah, I, I need to catch up with her and, you know, see yeah, her on, on live shows now, like since the pandemic. She's always been someone who's got a lot of personality, you know, as far as a, a character goes. And yeah, she's definitely, you know, got a bit of a, a star presence to her, but it sounds like she's putting things together in ring as well. So now it is, it is nice to, to hear like some uh, positive press for a, a Liverpool born wrestler there. I, honestly, I can't speak highly enough of her. Like uh, everything that uh, you talk about, the character work there. You know, she's she's great at that. Whether she's uh, you know uh, been more heelish or more, ba- you know, you know, ba- baby faces, she she really connects with the crowd. But it's just her in uh, her in ring work. Everything she does looks real. Like she mm-hmm. she you know you see a lot of women's wrestling matches, and it you know it can maybe look a bit more like a dance um, on, on a lot of occasions, and a lot of the you know strikes look a bit light and things like that. She looks like she's laying it in, you know, <laughs> really heavy, and you know, like not the knees she throws and forearms she throws is is you know really really credible. You know, at the, at the last show I went to, her and Alexis Falcon had a false count any, anywhere match. Then they were you know they were fighting all over the arena and. God, there must have been two sore girls the next morning, I tell you, because they really, really didn't hold back. And it was it was absolutely great stuff. Well, yeah, I feel uh, bad for sleeping on on, on her. Definitely need to uh, check her out from those like rave reviews. Is she someone you've seen much of, Benno? No, like I say, other than like maybe seeing her on the odd show before the pandemic and knowing who she is based on, you know, the fact that like she's got that that body away. No, like so yeah, but again, she's someone I definitely uh definitely want to see more of in uh, in live shows. Uh, TNT have run a couple of times and I've not been uh not been able to make it um due to various things, you know, but since the pandemic, you know, social lives are open up and such. So mm. I've been uh, been busy. But yeah, next next big TNT show that he's on. I mean, obviously with with that high praise, I'm gonna be uh yeah, expecting a lot. Yeah, except she's always someone that's clearly had that that potential. So yeah, it's good to hear that uh, she seems to be living up to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, just some sort of like smaller news items that I wanted to get into before we head out of here. And we talked about then it was a death match fandom, you know, a couple of minutes ago. Because um, someone who gets absolutely no play on this show whatsoever, but he's been based in Japan all during the pandemic, and um, obviously a former Fight Club pro guy, uh, Drew Parker, obviously. Recently won the big Japan heavyweight title and then flew straight out to win the GCW ultraviolet title at the GCW homecoming weekend on the 24th of July. I mean, whatever we think about death matches, um, I mean, he's certainly carving, sorry, I didn't mean that pun, um, his own niche in, in wrestling, doing all, doing all this, uh, you know, the smaller Japanese promotions and then, you know, going over and doing GCW and stuff. So he's certainly carving out um, his own niche um, here, Bennett. Is this a setup? Is WH Park gonna appear out of like a big box or something in a minute? And I'm gonna get gonna get a load of grief. I feel like someone's about to call me Deathmatch Richard. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that, it's kind of odd to me. What was he doing in America? Like that's kind of weird. Like I don't really understand what was the deal. Um, why he was over at, over at GCW? I'm still not kind of clear on that. Mm. Obviously, he's been in Japan a while, so yeah, I don't know how they've how they've managed to 
to, to make that arrangement. Um, I've not managed to catch up with it myself, unfortunately. Apparently, I am the, the deathmatch correspondent. So I will always say, I've just got a better stomach for it. I, I can enjoy a good deathmatch, and I can pan a bad deathmatch when there's a bad deathmatch out there. WH Park will tell you I'm a fan of all kinds. Ricky Shane Page, uh, some of the other uh, really, really bad um, deathmatch wrestlers that you uh, you see on, uh, on some of these GCW shows. And the bits I've seen of Drew Park, he had clearly is a, a big fan of the style and you know he's willing to like I say go over to to japan and kind of make his name in a in a route different than everyone else no matter what you you think of uh, uh of drew parker or what, really what you think of that style it's to be you know kind of like admired that, he, that he's done that and he's blazing his own path rather than you know sticking around and you know dealing with the the leftovers of Brit Res that we've got. He's gone out there and clearly he's been a success in uh, in Big Japan. And yeah, you know, the fact that he's getting that extra bit of, you know, international credit in in GCW and presumably being their ultraviolet champion, he's gonna he's gonna be working a bit more uh, there as well in the uh, in the United States too, kind of, yeah. It says something for yeah, be, being your own man, blazing your own trail mm. and, and wanting to do your own thing. And yeah, I think that should definitely uh, definitely be applauded for uh, for Drew Parker. Yeah, definitely. Um, but someone else who um, I wanted to bring up just before we go is um, Alex Windsor's making a comeback, not been seen since uh, 2017, I think. And um, obviously she's been injured and then obviously had a tragedy in her personal life. And she's coming back for the Eve Wrestle Queendom 4 show at the end of August. So I just wanted to get your thoughts, Gareth, but she's someone who was uh, much on your radar. I mean, I know she did, you know, bits of progress and, and shows like that, but um, interesting to see her coming back here. Yeah, I think she's somebody who I've seen, you know, three or four times. I think, you know, I think she was even up at PCW, like, you know, quite a number of years ago now as well. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's one of those where, you know, you, you, you look at her and, you know, she always had a lot of presence in the ring. And she, again, she was somebody who was always quite a bit more hard hitting as well, which always, you know, always appeals to my wrestling sensibilities. But, um, but yeah, I think when you just, you know, generally when you look at the injuries, obviously she's suffered, obviously the personal tragedy that she's had in her, in her life as well, then, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just good to see her be able to come back and, you know, um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, develop on the back of it. Definitely. And um, one final thing I wanted to get in um, was a shout out to Mine and Benno's former co-host on this very show, Ollie Court, who's um, obviously given wrestling a wide berth, but wrote a fantastic article for Voices of Wrestling who were celebrating their tenth birthday. Um, the article was about getting caught up in Brit Rest during the the quote unquote boom period. And then being turned off by wrestling through things like speaking out. And I think it's a, a, something, reading it, I think a lot of wrestling fans can sort of empathize with Benno. I thought it was a really good read. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, the likes of us so embedded in this British and European wrestling scene. Like, I think a lot of our stories are, are similar to Ollie's. You know, obviously, yeah, you know, Ollie was, uh, was, you know, a massive part of this podcast and, you know, was a massive part of the Brit Red scene and, yeah, you know, he was he was with us, you know, at the peak of it, Martin, when we were excitedly covering all the all the great shows that were happening up and down the country. And then, you know, as things went south, I think Ollie, like a lot of people, um, I think his 
and them went that way as well. But I thought, it, yeah, it was a really affecting piece. You know, he talks about, you know, the, the Germany trips, which have got a, a big place in my heart. He talks about them as like the, the peak of his, his fandom of European wrestling. And, you know, um, I'd definitely say that for myself as well. Lots of great memories of uh, being out in Oberhausen, hoping to do it again in, uh, in 2022. And I uh, hope on Ollie might, uh, might well make, uh, be convinced to make, to make the trip again. But yeah, the, you know, the words he wrote, obviously, about the, the down swing of Britain res when you know nxt uk came in and then you know obviously speaking out which understandably you know lost us another co-host um, and understandably lost a, a lot of other uh brit res um, fans probably for good um i found really effective reading particularly you know what he talked about you know and i don't think he's really publicly shared before you know his experience of being in in the tokyo dome and and mm. you know of all places that being the place where he lost his, his love for wrestling a bit. And yeah, you know, if you were a fan of ours, you know, going way back in the day and you kind of wonder what happened to Ollie, I think this is a, a good of a, an explainer and a good catch up as to where he is. And, you know, an incredibly uh, well done piece by, uh, by our mate Ollie, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. And definitely worth going and checking out. There's a bunch of pieces up there, isn't there, by uh, Sarah Forel mm. and, and people like that. So definitely worth, um, there's some really good articles celebrating a. Uh, Voices of Wrestling's uh, 10th birthday. But um, before we get out of here, um, Gareth, obviously always a lot going off at uh, Grapple Towers. You know, you're not always in your pool in the garden all the time. But, um, you know, what sort of like uh, plugs have you got? You know, what shows have been on on Spotlight and uh, what's going on with the Grapple app? An inflatable pool, I will add, uh, just in case anybody's, uh, <laughs> anybody's taken these well, Good to me, mate, when I was sweating at like 90 degrees in this room, you know. <laughs> got, them, got them Patreon stacks now, like Raiden and Davey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but yeah, no, we've, we've got a lot going on. I mean, if, obviously, if anyone's listening to this and they don't know, with like the Grapple apps, obviously a, you know, a match rating app that you can download for free on uh, the uh, App Store or on Google Play. So you can download that. You can put your match ratings in for over 30 different promotions now it's been running for you know getting close to, to three years now as well as, as well so you know there's a whole history of um, matches there that you can go back on and you know find average ratings for pick and choose you know what are the good stuff to be be watching on a on a regular basis so yeah if you haven't downloaded the app uh, get yourself on there and search for grapple g-r-a-p-p-l no e on the end and um, yeah download the app and give it a look that'd be appreciated but yeah obviously i am um also on the, the Grapple Spotlight um, podcast with with Benno and, you know, th- as well as doing that on a weekly basis where you can, you know, you can hear us on a, a Tuesday. And we've also just got a range of different shows that we've ran. So we've, you know, most recently we've done a great deep dive into Terry Funk's ECW run, which, uh, you know, really enjoyed doing earlier this week. Um, but aside from that, you know, we've done lots and lots of, you know, flashbacks into, you know, different eras of wrestling film clubs where we're looking at wrestler related films that have been out there as well, you know, mixtapes where we we each pick a different match and watch it and feedback on it with a particular theme and things like that as well so yeah there's been a uh, plenty uh plenty going on to keep us uh busy at the uh, at the grapple end of business no and can i also just say as well you know i don't want to blow too much smoke up your ass obviously you know losing joe was a big blow to grapple and you know and you weren't there to replace him but i think you know you've seamlessly you know inserted in there with uh, JP and Benno and you've been absolutely fantastic mate so you know that's off to you I think you've been absolutely brilliant so um, I, I can't imagine it was it was easy coming in there obviously you know lots of people fans of Joe you know 
quite rightly and you know i think you've done a brilliant job there so uh well done oh, thank you thank you mate i appreciate it yeah it was definitely something that i uh, felt like um yeah I'll, I'll fill in and i'll help the lads out and <laughs> suddenly 12 months uh, 12 months down the line it's turned into a uh, permanent fixture and uh and, and even more but yeah it did definitely uh definitely felt like um I don't know. Try to uh, try to come in and uh, replace Hogan in the eighties or something like yeah. that. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try my best. No, no, you've done a cracking job. We work. should apologise to you, mate, because we've uh, we've dragged you into this mess where, like, it's your birthday tomorrow, and you've done three days of podcast in a row, and we've got another one on Thursday to come. So, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, it really happy, happy birthday tomorrow. You uh, kept that one quiet. <laughs> uh, so when you when you get to my age, Martin, you do keep them quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know it, mate. I'm forty in January. Uh, but anyway, anyway, Benno, um, any any more to add on to what Gareth just said, or did he did he cover it? No, he's covered it there. Like I said, patreon.com slash grapple for all that good stuff. And yeah, if you want maybe more of a discussion on what we've... Uh, we talked a little bit about NXT UK today, but we kind of talked at the wider implications on NXT of all yeah, the fire interests last last weekend. Yeah, check out uh, this week's Grapple Spotlight. And um, obviously, we know at the top of the show, all the uh, charity segments are now and up on the BWE feed and um, the next couple will be out in the next couple of days. I think the one with Nate Milton just went up today and then there'll be the other couple coming out in the next few days. Um, me and Andrew will be back with um, Rushbeam Thompson's Wrestling Adventure. The uh, What date is it on now? Uh, 26th of, of August. Um, I think we're going to be talking in NXT show, so quite topical there with um, NXT in the news. And then we just released one recently about the CM Punk documentary with the man of the hour himself, uh, Eric Marcotte, which was a lot of fun talking to Eric there. So definitely go and check that out. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening as always. And we'll uh, catch you next month.